This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to the interview series. Welcome to the Retail Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Patterson, and I'm joined here today with Terry Cassidy. He's the CEO of Ergocentric. Uh, it's a brand of uh, it's known for their um, ergonomic chairs that's expanding in a big way with retail, including having recently opened a showroom at the Square One Shopping Center in Mississauga. So welcome, Terry. Thank you, Craig. Good to be with you. Thank you. And a quick word from our podcast episode sponsor, Swift is a rapidly growing Canadian same-day shipping company that has partnered exclusively with Retail Insider. Learn more about Swift's scalable best-in-class last-mile solution by following the link in our show notes. Uh, tell me a little bit about Ergocentric and uh, how it came about as well as its product range. I started Ergocentric in 1990. Uh, I had been a lawyer. I practiced for five years but I wanted to start my own business. My wife is a registered physiotherapist. So I thought her knowledge of the human anatomy would uh, give me an edge in terms of making ergonomic office furniture. So that's how I got into into the ergonomics business. And for ever since 1990, we've been improving and perfecting our ergonomic office seating. And we've added electric height adjustable tables and accessories and other furniture. Uh, Just kept the the same focus through the last 31 years. Yeah, and this has been because, you know, as you said, with the whole area of ergonomics, uh, you know, people have to sit a certain way. I'm probably sitting the wrong way, but it can prevent injuries and whatnot. Or tell me a little bit about uh, um, the background around, you know, ergonomics and, and uh, furniture for office work. Yeah, so first of all, ergonomics is a very broad field. I mean, it, it started with uh, the uh, cockpits and planes. Every time a plane crashed, they determined it was human error. And finally, someone looked at the cockpit and went, it's a nightmare, all these dials and levers and lights, and there was no commonality. Sometimes a lever to the right would be good, and sometimes that would be bad. So they started redesigning the cockpits to be more user-friendly. And another easy example is that the brake lights on cars used to be down below the bumper where you couldn't see it in rush, rush hour traffic. So now they're up in the back window. So it's more visually easy to see. So ergonomic office furniture is just a sliver of ergonomics. But it's become more and more important through because of computerization. People are sitting all day, every day, and sitting more and more year after year. So what you sit in matters more than ever. And people yeah. are starting to grasp that. And this pandemic has actually accelerated that learning curve. People working from home just sat in whatever chair they had, quite often a kitchen chair and started developing real pain. So in a sense, that was good for us. It, it made people realize, you know what, the chair matters. Yeah, now the company is in a growth phase, including um, opening retail showrooms. Tell me a little bit about that uh, expansion that we're seeing right now with Ergocentric. Now, I've always thought we had a retail concept. I mean, we're primarily a, a B2B business. We sell to government, we sell to very large employers in Canada, the United States, and in Europe. Uh, but I always wanted to, to do retail. So we started off looking for a showroom downtown Toronto, and that's that's when we opened up the King Edward showroom. Um, then I thought, since I'd always wanted to do retail, we called it a showroom and store and immediately sold at retail there as well. And it just did well right from the very beginning. So there was this demand for people who wanted a good chair instead of from these big box retailers. And in our stores, we have expert staff can help fit you with the chair that's perfect for you. And our whole manufacturing system is mass customization. It's, it's a modular manufacturing system. 
so we can fit virtually everyone. And there's a lot of dimensions in the human body that need to be fit with a chair. So it's almost impossible to just try just random chairs and find one that fits you. Our system allows us to change the seat size, change virtually anything about the chair to fit you with the right chair. So it, it just fits uh, having a retail store with our expert staff. And it did so well, we started, uh, I started almost immediately realizing we should have another store at the north end of the city. And that's last summer we opened up in the Yorkdale Mall. Mm. And that did well right off the bat. So that's why we opened up at square one on July 2 of this year. Holy cow. And you picked some pretty premium locations. You know, the King Edward Hotel is down downtown Toronto. It's King Street East. It's close to the financial district. And when when did that location open, uh, roughly? That was in um, two and a half years ago now. Okay, yeah. So definitely pre-pandemic. Uh, yes. Recognizing almost that- Almost a year pre-pandemic. And as I say, it it proved the point that uh, we have a retail concept. Yeah, yeah. And then the Yorkdale Shopping Center. So I do the shopping center studies each year while we kind of put it on hiatus because our malls have been closed for two years. (laughs) But, you know, Yorkdale was the leading shopping center in terms of sales per square foot. It's known, uh, you know, for its luxury brands are in the shopping center, as well as a wide variety of retailers and food and beverage. Uh, That's, you know, you can't get much better than that in Canada, right? (laughs) No, it's always been the mall that I wanted to be in. And, and it was because of the pandemic that it became, spaces became available. Mm-hmm. I, I think prior, they may not have uh, considered us as a tenant there, but uh, it worked out well from, from opening day. And it was interesting as I stood back from the store and watched people walk by. Uh, you know, a young couple came by and stopped and looked and they debated whether they should walk in. And I, I thought it was fascinating, the effort it took just to walk three feet from the hallway into the store. They're already in the mall. And I remember I used to think I had a destination location business where people would, and now I realize I was asking people to get up from their computer, get in the car, drive for half an hour to go see chairs that from a company they may never have heard of. So being in these high traffic malls brings people right to the storefront. That makes it easy on them. And that's ultimately what we're trying to achieve with our retail stores is make it easy for as many people as possible to come in and try our chairs. Mm-hmm. Now, Square One as well. I mean, Mississauga is quite a large city. Uh, that's very much a regional shopping center. Um, how did that all come about in terms of, of a retail location for Ergocentric? Well, after Yorkdale worked out, we just started looking around, you know, where should the next one be? And uh, Square One has become a, a great mall. It's got, it's got every high-end store, uh, Apple's there. And it's very close to our manufacturing facilities, so that makes it very efficient for us. Oh, terrific. And are these stores, they're going to be around for a while in terms of the lease, um, uh, the time of the leases in terms of... Um, yes, yeah, this, this is long-term. It's, it's worked, and so it's just... I think I'll have to wait after just opening square one for the next one, but make sure this is still on track, but the hope is that we'll keep going. Excellent. Um, in terms of sort of a longer term expansion, are you thinking of continuing to open retail showrooms, uh, say in the GTA area or even beyond? Yes, I may, may be looking at one in uh, another major mall downtown Toronto. And then I've already looked at a few in uh, Vancouver. Excellent. Nice. No, that makes sense because, uh, yeah, I mean, across Canada, expansion would be terrific. And now this is a product that's actually made in Ontario. Yes, made. we have two facilities in Mississauga. So we design our, our furnitures. I have about 20 patents in my name. Wow. And uh, so we design them and manufacture them right here. Terrific. And 
goodness, how has thing how have things been during the pandemic in terms of say such things as supply chain, uh, um, you know, logistics and whatnot? Uh, I know that there were some challenges with various companies just getting things moving around, as well as getting you know certain materials from other countries. Yeah, it's it's been very challenging, and it's getting more challenging, not less, as as the oh. pandemic comes to an end. Um, the fact that we're an Ontario-based manufacturer and get a lot of our components locally has made it easier for us than uh, many of our competitors who are relying a lot on bringing things over from overseas. We just had a couple of competitors in the U.S. Northwest literally can't ship chairs for the next few months. Oh, my goodness. Because uh, they were having trouble finding containers. We had one of our overseas suppliers ask if they could send components in a refrigerated container because that's the only one they could find. <laughs> I guess I guess they won't melt. They were worried there'd be smells in it. So it's becoming, I just had a supplier in here apologizing about price increases. and uh, but The storm in Texas knocked out some of the foam manufacturers. Uh, so yes, very challenging times to keep going. We've, we've managed to do it, uh, but a lot more effort uh, than normal and, and our costs are rising. Mm-hmm. And are you finding that um, there's a large consumer base beyond the B2B that's now coming to to the business? Like, is there sort of a mix that you see in terms of percentage so far in terms of kind of the B2B business versus the consumer business, especially those who say working from home? Yes. Right, right off the bat with the King Edward, we were people living in the condos in the area. Uh, we were doing B2C business almost right away. I thought it would be small businesses initially, and it was a showroom to, for our sales reps in Toronto to bring in you know, large commercial customers, but consumers were buying right away. There is a demand. And my thought was before we opened that the people do want a good chair. They just have no idea where to find them. And frankly, they didn't know what a good chair was if they saw it. Mm-hmm. So that's part of our, our, our theory is that we just want as many people as possible to come in and try our chairs, hear our story. We'll tell you all about it. And, um, and people are appreciative of the knowledge. Because they literally didn't know where to look before. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people wouldn't be educated in that area, including myself, honestly. I'd have to learn more about it. I have a tailbone injury and, you know, sometimes chairs are uncomfortable, <laughs> even just for that reason. We do about at least 30 chairs a month where we cut out a V of the foam on the seat for tailbone injuries. And then we upholster over it so you can't see it. That's oh. a very common injury. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Curling and falling on ice. <laughs> Many, many years ago, it's, it sticks. Uh, you know, a lot of businesses have, have kind of, you know, obviously moved online to that space. But in this case, we're talking about showrooms that are physical, which people want to see. But um, what have you seen in terms of a balance around, say, online sales versus uh, showroom as uh, as the business has grown? Well, we do do online sales. It's quite a small part of our business. But we have this 100% fit online where we ask people to send in a photograph of themselves sitting in their current chair from the front and from the side. And we, they fill out a questionnaire, and then we actually have an ergonomist who responds to them wow. and says, this is the chair we would recommend for you, and it describes it completely. Sometimes she calls the person, she needs more details. Um, and so that's been very successful for us. And money back guarantee if it doesn't, if uh, they don't like the chair. Oh, that is so interesting. I wonder if someday artificial intelligence could be brought into that. I, I don't know how, but it could analyze. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> determined that... that uh, because I would, I, my guess is we could do 90% through artificial intelligence and, and have it just kind of kick out the outliers, the people who are more difficult to fit. Uh, but we're, we're accumulating a lot of data, a lot of photographs, 
from which we think uh, we can build the database to do just that. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, they're saying AI won't maybe take over the world, but it's certainly going to become something that's common, I think, across everything that we do from retail to, you know, medicine. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's fascinating. But the tangible experience, I think, is going to be important for a lot of people as well in terms of, you know, as there are more showrooms being able to see the product as well as be educated by someone, you know, in a face-to-face, probably wearing a mask, at least in Ontario experience, uh, you know, where, where people can be educated in that space by an expert. Absolutely. Ergonomic seating, we need people to come in and, and sit and try the chairs and be fitted. So it's, it's crucial to our business. Is there anything else you want to discuss uh, about uh, ergocentric? Well, it was one of the things we say is that we're recommended by 94% of ergonomists. Wow. So we, are, we make chairs that ergonomists like, not, not interior designers. Mm-hmm. Most people in the office furniture business, they really market to the interior design community. And we're pretty well the only one that goes to occupational therapists, ergonomists, and, and directly to end users. We're trying to appeal to the employees who sit in the chair rather than the interior design community. Mm-hmm. Uh, we work with interior designers as well when our, when our clients you know, ask their designer to, to use our chairs, but that's not our, who we market to. That's a big part of the, the retail stores is when a large company is buying new seating, quite often they'll tell their employees and maybe even let the employees have some input. I just want somebody in every company to have been in a store and tried our chairs and you know, said, make sure you have ergocentric as part of this process. Mm-hmm. Just want to be in part of the trial. Um, and we've started doing a fair bit of radio advertising on a couple of Toronto radio stations, uh, just to let people know we exist and let, let them know about the stores as part of trying to build the brand name. As, as you may know, there's a lot of office chairs manufactured in the world. It's, it's overwhelming how many there are. So many that nobody could possibly try them all or even research them all. And we've done, we had Leger do a survey and virtually no one knows what chair they're sitting in at work. They don't know the brand name of it. When we showed them a list of the 10 biggest selling brand name office chairs in North America, over 50% couldn't recognize a name when it was shown to them. Wow. Brand name recognition is extremely low. So I believe that when you're in a market where no one knows a brand name, I'm not trying to, to unseat some leading brand out of their mind. I'm trying to put a name in their mind where there's it's a blank slate. That and is fascinating. It's the perfect opportunity to create that a brand will give people uh, a place to start in terms of uh, when they want a good ergonomic chair. That is so interesting because like you said, these companies, which are quite large, didn't have a brand awareness. It was really just a product that people were sitting on. So ergocentric, and I should tell you, by the way, how I learned about ergocentric was 680 news. I I listened to the radio and uh, there were some ads on there and we found out about the square one location. And I thought, well, this is interesting. I mean, Yorkdale and square one, of course, these are top malls in the GTA and, uh, uh, that's why we wanted to get you on and talk about this. I, I thought that was really fascinating. But th- in theory, you know, ergocentric could grow very significantly just through the fact that it would have this brand awareness where other, say, competitors wouldn't. Yes, that, that's the idea. I, I just think it's a vacuum waiting to be filled. And and the, it's being fed by people's becoming more knowledgeable about the need for a good chair. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you see any, um, say, categories of products that the company may expand into beyond, you know, the desks, the chairs, and other, uh, you know, useful things, for, say, for the office? Well, we also have a health-centric division for healthcare seating. 
mm-hmm. nurse, nurses and in the admin offices. So a lot of our chairs go into hospitals, healthcare. Uh, and we just developed a couple of new fabrics, actually. One's called Friction, and it's a cleanable healthcare fabric. You know, they have to clean things with bleach and, and uh, disinfectants. Mm-hmm. But they have an issue with nurses sliding off of seats and falling because they're vinyl and they're on tile floors. So we've just come out with this new product called Friction to make seating that is has a friction coefficient so nurses won't slide. And it's on doctor stools. Uh, so that's gone over very well in our first few meetings with uh, hospitals. And we have another product called Nymatrix, which is a, a fabric for office chairs that is breathable, comfortable, kind of looks and feels like leather. Uh, but unlike leather, which is slippery, this one, we again, we've taken, we've added the friction coefficient to make it comfortable, yet you can clean it with 5% bleach. Hmm. We think it's an ideal chair for uh, the new hybrid model of office work. There's going to be a lot of employees who, for the first time ever, are going to go to work on the days that they go into work and are going to be sitting on a chair that's also used by someone else. They won't have their own chair for the first time ever. And the studies are showing people want their offices to be cleaned and disinfected every day when they go in. So that's going to be a problem because you really can't do that with a woven fabric. Yeah. And then I think it solves other problems. Office seating sometimes gets uh, disgusting with people spilling food and coffee on it and different users. So finally having a comfortable office chair fabric that's cleanable, I I think it could be a big deal for us. Absolutely. No, that's great. And it's great that the company is innovating and identifying these needs. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's terrific and, and much needed. I mean, you know, a company that's growing is, is definitely going to have to do that. So I'm impressed. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, our motto now is uh, the science of city. And that covers both ergonomics and, and innovations like these new fabrics. Mm-hmm. And the healthcare um, did, innovations. Did you mention standing desks as well in terms of? Yeah, electric height adjust. I don't call them standing desks <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. They're electric height adjustable desks. Mm-hmm. So if you have a chair that's height adjustable, you really need your desk to be height adjustable. So it's at the perfect height for you based on how tall you are. So if you, and I say to customers, if you walk into an office area and you have a lot of height adjustable desks, you're getting your money's worth if everybody's desk is at a different height, the right height for them. And it's a bonus that you can also now raise it up and stand for a while. But if you stand all day, you can develop more musculoskeletal issues than if you sit all day. Oh, But the idea is to vary your posture, to stand a few minutes once an hour. But if you get a high digestible desk, you shouldn't feel, oh, now i got to stand all day. That's, that's not the issue. Yeah. That is so interesting. I'm learning that this little stuff for myself personally, because I, I have a standing desk and a chair. I'm going to admit they both came from Amazon. They were quick purchases, um, not to, of course, bash Amazon or whatever, but they're private label. But, you know, I'm sure they're not nearly to the standard of ergocentric, but... No, but that, you're this, everybody's in the same boat or they're buying it from one of the big box retailers quite often having not even having tried it. So uh, I, a vast majority of chairs in use out there are just wrong for the person sitting on it and they just yeah. put up with it. Oh, that's fascinating. And now the company, how large is it in terms of number of employees? Because you mentioned it was growing. It's probably, it's getting pretty big, I'm sure. About 180 employees. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And and how was the growth? Was it, uh, you know, I mean, the company isn't brand new, like there was organic growth, but, uh, you know, how, how did you find that as the company was was progressing? We've been, we've been growing steadily over the years. And it's like, like anything, you know, there's been years where we've had rapid growth and the flatlining and rapid growth, but we've been through a very rapid growth period over the last five years, interrupted now by the pandemic. 
Yeah, but probably going to pick up very soon because I know even, well, companies like Amazon now are doing hybrid work from home office. They weren't going to do that, but this is kind of the new thing. And I don't think it's going away just from what I've read. Not too quickly. So it does expand the market in our opinion. You need the chairs at work and at home. We've done we've done at least 20,000 chairs where we've shipped them to people's homes one at a time on behalf of large employers. That's helped sustain us through this pandemic. Yeah. And the employers are, are basically paying for this in terms of fitting out these home offices for their employees. Some are. I mean, we've, we we put this our net out. We told all of our customers, we'll do this program for you at home at your employees' homes. Not many did it, but the, some who did, did a lot of chairs. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we're finding, though, is a lot of major companies didn't do anything for their employees at home during this mm-hmm. pandemic. And they, because they thought, well, we don't know when they're coming back to work. We don't want to be buying them things for at home. And then when they realized that they needed to, they wanted to wait until they figured out who was going to continue to work from home. We'll get them the furniture, but not the people coming back. So ironically, we're almost through the pandemic. And it's just now that a large lot of employers are finally willing to, to outfit their employees with the right equipment at home. Yeah, yeah. Realizing that they're going to be working there part-time anyways, if not full-time even. Yes, and it's important. So our view from the beginning was we never went after sort of low price chairs for homes. And even big companies thought, well, it's for their home. It shouldn't cost as much. We go, no, the ergonomics are exactly the same. And I said to them, the problem is they have a $200 chair at home. They don't need another one. So either buy them a a good one or uh, don't waste your money. Oh, absolutely. So thank you so much uh, for this interview today. I've actually learned a lot and uh, this is fascinating. I, I, you know, best of luck with the expansion. I think there's going to be some more showrooms, probably in some very good malls as you were alluding to. So I hope so. Thank you very much, Craig. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. This has been Terry Cassidy. He's the CEO of Ergonomic, oh, sorry, Ergo, Ergocentric, <laughs> an ergonomic uh, company that is chairs and other uh, furniture. And I'm Craig Patterson. I'm the editor in chief of Retail Insider. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Take care and bye for now.